I don't know if this is going to amount to anything, but I figured I wasn't doing anything else, so I might as well record right now. I'm going to talk as if I'm... I realize I just burped too. Super classy. So my apologies. Um, I'm going to talk like I'm talking to my podcast and clearly we're off to a great start already. Um, because I, I am a fraud. <laughs> I am a fraud because I said in all of my prior podcasts that it is so important to take care of yourself and to make yourself a priority and practice self-care and eat well and exercise and I'm a fraud because I was preaching all of that and in the midst of it I was an alcoholic I am an alcoholic I am an alcoholic And it's still crazy saying it out loud. It's still foreign and raw and real and fucking scary and honest and freeing and true. True and honest are the same thing, but I feel like I had to add a third word after that dramatic pause so congratulations you got a synonym i'm deflecting (laughs) i don't i don't want to actually talk about this um but i have to i have to talk about it because if i want to make a difference in the world and i want people to listen to me and take me seriously and benefit from listening to me Um, I need to be someone worth looking up to. I need to be honest and I need to be authentic and real. And I can't do that if I'm being a hypocrite. So um, it's Tuesday, July 21st. And tomorrow I will be... 66 days sober and I had written back in May when I made the decision to stop drinking that I was going to record this podcast tonight and air it tomorrow and I honestly, up until I started recording, did not think that was going to happen. But I believe that when we put our intention out to the universe, the universe listens when it's really important. And I believe that I picked up my phone and I hit the voice memo icon on my iPhone Um, that the universe was guiding my hand and saying, 
You can't avoid this. You need to do this. So here I am in the flesh, in the voice recorded on a tiny handheld electrical box. Um, here I am. I have had a drinking problem for a very long time. And um, like many people who have a drinking problem, I told myself it wasn't one. It's not a problem because I don't drink and drive anymore. It's not a problem because I go to work every day. It's not a problem because I'm an athlete and I run and I eat well and I get up with my kids in the morning and I am fully functioning and and it's not affecting my life at all. And that was a fucking load of bullshit. It was fucking bullshit. Um, I was miserable. I was miserable. I was anxious and neurotic and self-conscious and grumpy and boring and bored just the I feel like in some cases the boredom was the worst part if I wasn't drinking I didn't want to do anything I didn't want to do anything unless I was drinking and I have two kids I have two beautiful kids and and it was like spending time with them was a chore for me. And you know, of course I I tried to be a good mother who who loved my kids and and wanted to be with them, but inside all I was thinking about was when it was going to be an appropriate time to drink. And I I never neglected my children. I made sure that they were fed and 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 well taken care of and and you know i would wait until until they went to bed to to have a, to tie one on you know i'll get a buzz before i go to sleep and uh you know in the afternoon i'd have a beer or two and i thought nothing of it and you know i i started telling my kids because they'd ask if they could have a sip of whatever was in my cup. And they, they started to learn to ask me what was in it instead of just being able to, to pick up my cup and have a sip. Like, I don't know, looking back at that, it's like I put that restriction on my kids. Like, I, I was drinking that frequently that it became a thing. You know, that's fucked up. But I, I realized it was really a problem when I had bought a 750 of rum, I think it was rum, um, and I drank it by myself in two days. And it wasn't the first time. And then I realized, sorry, my, my cat is right next to me. I have a bag of Cheetos and he's trying to commandeer them for himself. No, you may not, sir. Um. Oh man, where was I? I had a seven fifty. Oh, it hadn't been the first time. Um. 
and it wasn't really doing anything anymore. It was getting to the point where I'd have three or four mixed drinks and and not feel much of anything. <laughs> and on top of that, um, they were doubles, especially if I was drinking liquor. If I was drinking liquor, I'd have probably four mixed drinks, two shots in each, and hardly felt anything by the time I went to bed. And I was tired of feeling bad. I was tired of of just waking up knowing that I was going to feel shitty. Going to bed knowing that I was going to feel shitty. I I, I dreaded waking up in the morning, you know, and and these things that I was doing that I was telling myself that I enjoyed my my running and and uh, you know, eating well and, and all of this. It was really just to to balance things out in my mind, you know. I did love, I do love running. Actually, quick interjection, I, I love running more now than I ever have, now that I'm sober. Um, anyway, I, uh, I woke up the morning of, of May 19th, and um, I was sitting at my desk. I had a headache and I had brain fog and it's like this dull hum in my ear and uh, I'd given the kids breakfast. I hadn't eaten anything. My stomach was upset. I had a cup of coffee that I, I think I may have taken one sip out of. And I just sat there looking out the window for who knows how long. And I decided I didn't want to feel that way anymore. So when Tim got up that morning, I looked at him and, and I said, I, um, I need to stop drinking. And I think I need to stop drinking for the rest of my life. And he didn't say anything at first. He just kind of looked at me and, and he was really listening to me. And I felt so safe talking about it because I could tell that he was grateful and that he wasn't judging me and he said okay after a while and he said you know we'll we'll do it together and at first I I I committed myself to a month and then wanted to see where I felt and after the first few weeks Tim and I both agreed we just are better off without it in our lives. So we both decided that we're just not going to drink anymore. And that's it. That's, that's it. It wasn't a, a huge thing for, for either of us, for our marriage. It wasn't this like huge, I mean, it has been an amazing thing for our marriage. It has been, um, it has been transformative in, in terms of our marriage, but the decision wasn't, it was just like, yeah, no, we should, we should probably stop. And, and we did. And it was just a, a, a mutual appreciation for the, the reality of what it was doing to our life. <laughs> thank you, Puck. Yes, thank you so much again for your um, contribution. Um, so, yeah, I, I went through some mild physical withdrawal 
from drinking, which I did not expect. Uh, that was sort of like a big slap in the face um, about the problem that I had. And I didn't sleep well for like the first week. I I was... I had gotten used to waking up sweaty in the middle of the night and so thirsty. Um, and the first few nights that I didn't drink, that still happened, but I had this awful headache with it that just wouldn't go away. Um, and I was so restless and so anxious. My mind wouldn't stop running. I couldn't fall asleep and my body didn't want to sleep. And I was just miserable. I was miserable. And it was like the first three days it was like that. And it was just uncomfortable for about the first week. Um, and then on day 17, I felt like fucking garbage. I felt like I was just, I didn't want to be near anyone. I didn't want to be near myself. I was disgusted with myself. Everyone was making me upset. I just didn't want to get out of bed. I felt the worst I've ever felt in my life on day 17. I just was so depressed and so angry and so just miserable. And it was just one day, just that one day. And then it was like the next day a weight had been lifted and I didn't feel perfect, but I felt a lot better. And then the next day I felt a little bit better. And every day I'm just noticing little things about me that are different, that have changed. And I'm in awe of the effect it had on so many parts of my life. I didn't realize how poorly I was sleeping until I started sleeping well. I forgot how young my skin should look for someone who's only 31 years old. I looked at myself in the mirror the other day and for the first time in 13 years, my complexion is even, clear. My, my skin is soft and I remember I used to sit and run my fingers up and down the side of my face I'm doing it right now as I'm saying this and I used to feel all of the bumps and wonder why why is my skin like this why does it feel so old I never once thought it could be the alcohol it could be drinking it could be this this poison that I'm I'm putting into my body and and I'm not let me back up just a little bit and and say that I cannot drink responsibly that does not mean that other people can't and to those of you who can you suck and I hate you just kidding I don't hate you I don't hate any of you I don't hate anyone but you suck (laughs) because it would be great to be able to drink in moderation. Moderation is not something that exists for someone who uh, has a dependency on alcohol. So I bow my hat to you, sir. Congratulations on your weird mutant power of being able to 
have one beer and not want another or five. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah, I uh, totally lost my train of thought because I got derailed talking about drinking in moderation. Um, I cannot remember what the hell I was talking about. For those of you who can drink in moderation, um, I was talking about all of the things with my skin, on my face, um, why it's not so old, oh, okay, so, I'm not saying alcohol is evil, is what I was getting at, I'm not saying alcohol is evil, I am saying that, um, it is an addictive substance, And I got addicted to it. And so it is poison for me. It's poison for my body. And I continued to give it to my body because I was addicted to it. And I spent so much money. I threw away so much money on drinks that I didn't even enjoy. That I, I, I pounded back. I can't, I can't tell you a time that I had a drink just to enjoy it. I, I can't remember the last time I did that. If I ever, if I ever did, or if drinking was just always about getting drunk for me because I did some digging. You do some soul searching when you decide to get sober and you don't plan to do it because you realize while you're getting sober that you drank to avoid doing this. You drank to avoid this diving into this pit, this unknown emotional pit. And um, when you get sober, you have nothing to hide behind anymore. And you have to face it. And you have to see that, that hideous monster that you have been uh, drowning with alcohol. And I was drowning a monster for almost 13 years and that monster um, was my mom that monster is my mom and uh, and I am I am being very very vulnerable and um, mm, I don't know how I feel about that but there's nothing saying I have to air this, so um, it was my mom. My mom started to have a pretty um, obvious drug problem. I'm assuming she she had had one my entire life, but um, one that I discovered when I was 17. I was a uh, I was a junior in high school. I was going to be a senior that that fall. And um, 
It was summer. And I found Coke for the first time. Um, in the house. And I knew my dad smoked weed. And, you know, at the time I was like... Nope. My husband is, is walking through the door right now. It's late. It's like, um... It's 11.40. And, uh... <laughs> he has no idea I'm doing this. So he's gonna walk in and be like, who are you talking to? Um... I'm going to tell him very plainly that I'm talking to myself. Oh, this is going to be a fun conversation. I think I will air this, if only for the comedic value. Um, so... <laughs> um, I'm just talking to myself. Um, I said I'm just talking to myself. I'm recording. Yeah. <laughs> and I just recorded that I, we would be having this conversation and that I'm probably going to air this if, simply for comedic value. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> God, I lost my train of thought again. Um, hmm. It's a good thing you can edit audio. Um, but I knew my dad smoked pot and I hated it at the time because I was convinced that all drugs were bad. And uh, now I am a very strong advocate for marijuana. Um, I, it is, it is the only thing, the only I drug, I, and I hate to call it that because I, I just think that's a load of baloney. Um, I digress. I uh, am now a strong advocate of using marijuana. And um, I think it is a million times safer than uh than alcohol. And I think it is ridiculous. The, uh, restrictions that are placed on it. Anyway, but that's a conversation for another time. So knew my dad smoked weed and, um, I was like, I don't like this, but whatever. It's not super dangerous. Duh. Uh, but I had never seen hard drugs and suddenly I come across cocaine and it was like from that moment, um, it just got worse it got a lot worse. And, um, I was in a car accident when I was in college. It wasn't anything serious, but, um, when I went to the hospital to get checked out, my mother seemed annoyed to be there. Like she had somewhere else to be. And she was very antsy and very short with me. And, um, it just felt very off. It didn't feel right. And, um, was right around Christmas time. And I don't remember what day it was specifically, but one day she said she was at work and my dad knew something was up. And he drove to her work and her car wasn't there. And she just kind of disappeared for a while. It was my last semester of college. She just went away. That was it. She was gone. She just fucking left. And um, I remember pleading with her because I still she, I, I called her cell phone. I was like I was like desperate to to find her and and to make sure she was okay and to figure out what was going on and and I called her and I remember laying in bed begging her to come home. 
and crying and just like feeling so, so abandoned. And, and she told me she'd, she'd be home later. She's like, she begged me to stop crying. She's like, honey, I'll be home later. I'll be home later. And she didn't, she didn't come home. And so that's, that's when the drinking really started. I was in college uh, and I could find any excuse to party. I could find any excuse to drink. And I did. And, um, drank a lot. Jaeger was, was what I really liked when I first started drinking. I loved Jaeger. And then I blacked out on it a couple times and stopped drinking that. And anyway, we're not going to go into my entire drinking history, but that's the long and sweet of it, long and short of it, long and whatever of it. That's, that's it. I started drinking because my mother abandoned me and I couldn't cope with that because it meant that I didn't matter to the person who gave birth to me. And that's a pretty big fucking pill to swallow when you don't have something to wash it down. So I drank a lot for a long time. And I never drank during my pregnancies. Well, I never got drunk during my pregnancies. I had a glass of wine every now and again. Um, I would have a beer every now and again. And, um, you know, I, I, I found articles and stuff that justified it. You know, like, it's fine to have a glass of red wine. It's fine to have a beer as long as you don't feel buzzed, as long as you don't feel drunk. You know, you can have a glass of wine and it's fine. Just wait till you're in this, this far along in the pregnancy, whatever. So I found that and I was like, oh, I'm good. And, um, and then I had the kids and, and, you know, I, I, I fit drinking in any way I could without being a bad parent, without being a neglectful parent. I wasn't a bad parent because I didn't leave my children alone to go drinking. And I wasn't my mom because I, uh, I made sure that, you know, my, my kids had everything that they needed before I, I, I had my my drug of choice except they needed me that was the one thing that I didn't give them was me I wasn't there I mean I was there you know my body was there but I wasn't I wasn't focused on them you know and and that's not right and so now I, you know, I can't focus on that. I can't look back at that because I can't change it. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever put my kids in danger. And, and I was always very conscious of that. Um, but not more conscious, like not so conscious that I didn't just stop, you know. And I should have stopped a long time ago. But you um you live and you learn. And I'm so I'm so nervous talking about this because you you feel like something's wrong with you if you've succumbed to to a drug. And and you know, was I did I need a drink first thing in the morning? No. Could I could I go a couple days without drinking? Yes. I I I wasn't fall over myself, you know first thing I did when I got home was crack open a drink first thing you know when I get up in the morning crack it wasn't it was never like that it never got to that um but it it got it got to a point where it was it was causing problems and 
So I just, I realized looking back at my, my old episodes, the other 10 episodes of the podcast, um, that I was not real with you guys. I was trying to be what I wanted or what I thought what I wanted looked like, you know, like you see a, a a Norman Rockwell painting and you think like, that's what I want my life to look like, but you don't know those stories. You don't know what that home looks like or if if that husband and wife actually give a shit about each other, you don't know. You just see a picture. And so I, I painted a picture of what I thought a healthy person looked like. And um, I sounded like like a, a TV evangelist. You know, like, I was so preachy and not authentic. And, and I used my customer service voice to to entice you and 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 have you believe that I was sincere and and I was sincere I was absolutely sincere but I um was also not not being real so I want to change that and that starts with um with being open and being vulnerable and and being someone that you can actually relate to. I am flawed in many ways. And my goal is to try to be better. And I think that's all any of us can do. Is just every day try to be a little bit better. And if I was reincarnated into this body and my soul chose this vessel for me and 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 decided this was the the body that I was to be resurrected into then I need to to worship it and take care of it and be kind to it <coughs> so that's what getting sober did for me. Thank you for listening to my TED talk. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a different tone. It's going to be a little more. Um, it's going to be a little more. I don't know. Hang out. Listen. I'll talk about cool shit with people. At least I think it's cool. If you don't fuck you. That's fine. So thanks. And I'll see you whenever. <laughs>